So, you know, like, histories, like, obviously, is uh, spelt I-E-S, like R-I-E-S. Mm-hmm. Why is Sainsbury's not spelt like that? It's got a Y, apostrophe <laughs> S. It really irritates me. It should be... Well, because it's somebody's name, isn't it? Yeah, but... Sainsbury. Sh- hmm, yeah. J-, J. Sainsbury's, is that correct? The History in Bolium and Powell's Podcast, in association with the thehistorycorner.org. Podcasts, articles, reviews. Greetings. One must not get one's knickers in a twist. Caesar crosses the Rubicon. Hannibal crosses the Alps. Napoleon crosses every European monarch. Interesting stories, but how many times have you heard them now? What about the story of Shah Zafar, the last Mughal emperor who, at 82 years old, prepared to saddle up his war elephant and charged headfirst into the British in a final gasp of resistance? I bet you haven't heard of Tupac Amaru II. No, not the rapper, he was named after this guy. He was a Peruvian baron born in the 1700s who traced his bloodline back to the very last Incan king and rallied his country under the banner of the Incans once more in a bloody revolution against the Spanish. Or what about Zumbi, the prince from West Africa who was sold into slavery in Brazil? After escaping into the Amazon jungle, he created a city for other runaway slaves. He caused so much chaos that the King of Portugal wrote personally to him, begging him to stop. In Anthology of Heroes, we follow the fascinating lives of 195 individuals, one for each country of the world, plus a few extras. In each episode, we delve into what made that person who they are and the impact they had on the identity of that country today. I can't offer you set-piece battles or modern politicians, but can serve you up renegade pirates, fanatical heretics, fearless native chiefs, and reindeer herders turned world conquerors. Chock full of doomed last stands, epic final speeches and unbelievable victories from the jaws of defeat, strap in and listen up. Hello and welcome to the History Emporium and Powers podcast. Now we are going to do another film review this week. Um, Again, I'm joined by Chris Riley. Hello, Chris. Hello. Long time no speak. Isn't it? Like, we've not just literally recorded another episode 10 seconds before <laughs> this one started. It will be seamless. No continuity errors whatsoever. Yeah. Seamless. Um, again, we... Uh, we cho- Well, I chose a movie that was not on the approved list from the listeners. So I'm sorry. I will listen to you guys one day. But I just oh, wow. needed... Well, yeah, we'll see. I um, I just needed a bit of light-hearted fun in my life. So, Horrible Histories was our movie of choice. Now, Horrible Histories, for those who don't know, was a book series uh, when I was a child. So, it was a kind of grim, sort of comical look on history like historical facts from different periods so there'd be um like the terrible tudors the slimy stuarts 
and so on and so forth. This was then made into a television show, a children's TV show, um, for CBBC, which is Children's BBC. Um, And it has won award after award after award for its content and actually is very popular with adults as well. So if you haven't seen Horrible Histories, the TV series, please go and watch it. It's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Um, now, this uh, this film, this film uh, was released in 2019. It's got a completely different cast, though, to the original mm. CBBC version, which initially put me off because I was quite loyal mm. to the cast. So before we get into the... Uh, the details, the nitty gritty. Um, what, like overall, how do you feel about horrible histories in general and this film? Um, I mean, to not to get all sentimental, but I wouldn't be cast now if it wasn't for horrible histories. Um, as you mentioned, horrible histories as the book series has been going. I found out today as long as I've been alive mm. since 1993, the first book came out. Yeah, so it's by Terry is... Deary. Yes, and Terry has a lot to answer for when it comes to me. I hold horrible histories very, very dear to my heart. They were the first interaction I had with history. Um, they were the first outside of school interaction. Anyway, I historically I'm not a very good reader. I'm a very slow reader. I rely very much on audiobooks now as an adult. Um, but I love to read. And oh, as audiobooks a kid, I, are great. I, I love audiobooks. So mm. apps, if it wasn't for audiobooks, just like Horrible Histories, I don't think I'd be here on this podcast. Um, but yeah, Horrible Histories is a book series. I absolutely ate those up as a kid. Every one of them. I, I read them like back to front, upside down. The covers were falling off. I absolutely rinsed them. And then the TV show... As a when it first came out, it was like 2009, so I was like what, 15, 16, so I was too cool for it then. But now at 27, I watch it every, every other day. Like it's so good, it's so much fun. And if its sole purpose is to entertain, it hits the nail on the head every time. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. So the uh, the books. Um... I ha- well, I specifically remember having the terrible Tudors and carrying it around everywhere I went. <laughs> it came, it just came with me everywhere. I remember looking at the cover; it was somebody getting their head chopped off with an axe. Um, mm. I, we know I'm a macabre person, but um, I, yeah, it would come with me everywhere. So, so, so the books were very important to me and i actually don't think i read them properly i think i just looked at the pictures because there's there's Mm. diagrams and stuff in there again like yourself i wasn't a massively great reader that's kind of come later on in my life um where i i tend to i do i do read physical books now as well as audio books but yeah there's nothing like people shouldn't be like snobs about like having the actual book and audio books. It's the same content. Like just enjoy Agreed. it, enjoy it in whatever yeah. format that suits you. Um, I've spoken to some people about audio books and they've been really stuck up about it. And do you know what? Mm. I've not got time for that. If you want to enjoy some literature, do it however it suits you. Done. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then the TV series came out. Now I was a lot older 
when the TV mm. series came out. So uh, what, what do we say? 2009. So I, I mean, I think I'd, it was about, yeah. Yeah. So I'd finished university at that point. <laughs> so that was done for me. Um, but again, I watched, I did watch it. It was lighthearted. And I was just like, do you know what? Mm. This is so much fun. And the, the cast were incredible. They put it all together themselves. Um, they were very much um, a lead in, in in writing the TV series. Yeah. You could tell they'd watched a lot of Monty Python before they wrote a lot of the episodes. And I mean that as a massive compliment. Like You could tell it was very same vein. It was very carry-on. Yeah. Um, very, honestly, some of the sketches... They stay with me now. Like I can, if somebody says anything about witch, I have to shout, "She's a witch!" and point at whoever's talking, because you know, you know the sketch I'm on about. I think yeah. I've actually sent you this. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> wit, wit, like witch catches direct or whatever it is. It's just so funny. Witch finder general, wasn't it? That was witch finder yeah. general. Yeah, yeah. It, it just takes history, which is a very boring subject. I know we obviously, me and me and Ollie both make a, a partial living out of it, but. It is a boring subject full of names and numbers and big words, and yet Horrible Histories is a way. And it's partly why I'm so casual about history, I think, is because the best way to learn it is by having a laugh with it, and Horrible mm. Histories does it so well. I agree. I agree. And they're, again, the, the, the cast that were in it, so they've gone on to do other projects together mm. away from Horrible Histories. They kind of stepped down from the Horrible History and kind of left it to like a new breed of people and at first i was quite cross <laughs> i was um yeah i i felt a bit like well you can't if if you leave the show like that's it it's it's gone it's it's dead to me um mm. and i must admit it's not as good now no. as it was um i i and that's not because i was loyal to the to the cast although i am that cast also wrote a lot of the stuff. So when their expertise left, the the style has changed slightly um, mm. to me. And anyway, so this film is the new cast. It's not the old one, um, which I was a bit disappointed in. Um, it's not terrible. It's not the best. Um to be when I first saw it, when I watched it the first time, um, when it first came out, I was horrified, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> horrified. I just thought it was dull, and it had people in there that I didn't really like. Um, so Lee Mack is in it, and I don't really like him. Um, uh, there was someone from EastEnders in there, and it yeah, it was just all a bit chaotic. But then when I suggested mm. it to yourself, I rewatched it. And I actually didn't mind it the second time round. So much so, I actually watched it a third time. Um, really? Yeah. So it, they kind of won me round by the end of it. Um, I'm not sure if it's because I fancied the guy that played the Emperor Nero. Um, that's probably why I watched it again. <laughs> <laughs> Craig Roberts, who plays Emperor, Emperor Nero. Um, yeah, kind okay, of did, did it for me. A bit of a, a bit of a tangent, but it's relevant. Did you watch Tracy Beaker when you were younger? No, no, I was too <laughs> old is, for that. He was in that, 
and he is so funny in that. I, I highly recommend you find the scene where he talks about Maro- a Maroon 5 CD. Okay. Because this it's become a little bit of a meme. And anybody that's watched Tracy Beaker and knows... Oh, what was the kid's call? What was the guy's name in Tracy Beaker? What, I, re- I know what his name is in real life, but not in Tracy Beaker. Yeah, I can't remember what his name was, but it's, it's one of the funniest things. He, basically, somebody steals his Maroon 5 CD and it... <laughs> The whole time he's playing Emperor Nero, one of the most infamous men of history. All I could think of was, right, who stole my Maroon 5 CD the whole time? <laughs> but I, I think he, he's, a, he's a really good part of this film. He should, have, um, he should have cracked that line out like mid sort of flow in the film. I'm going to I'm going to send you it after after Oh no, do. Do. It's so funny and I hope other people are like, "Oh yeah." Hope not everyone's like, "What? What's he on about?" This like... No, I'm I'm up for it. But yeah, no, please please google that. Tracy Beaker Maroon 5 CD. See what happens. Um this film has surprisingly like it's got Kim Cattrall in it. Which mm. blows my mind. So Kim Cattrall, who's obviously very famous from Sex and the City and these big sort of Hollywood produced films and TV series and HBO and all that kind of stuff. And then she's in this film with an English accent. But what we don't know is she's actually English. She was born in Liverpool. So although she was brought up in America and she sort of developed this American accent... Um, I, sorry, I know an American accent is a very broad term, but she doesn't have an English accent. Again, a broad term because we all speak differently. But she, yeah. uh, she's English by birth. I mean, if so, if, if that accent is at all put on, she holds it very well through the film. Like I was watching it, thinking I don't know anything about Kim Cattrall. The only one I know she's in this is because Ollie's told me she's in this. But I didn't think she was English. But since you've told me that, that kind of makes sense why her accent is what it is. Mm-hmm. Although, I mean, her natural accent accent is um, from across the pond. That's not on a, That's not her mm. real accent. But yeah, she does hold it really, really well. Um, you've got the likes of Nick Frost in there, who will know from like Nick Frost and the Simon Pegg films. Um, he's okay. I mean, he's he sort of typecast he's isn't Nick he? Frost. yeah he's <laughs> that's who he is but what surprised me massively is Boudica the the lady that mm. plays Boudica is Kate Nash as in the singer Kate Nash who did that um bitter was it lemons something bitter lemons fitter trainer something like that um yeah I did that really well then but it was it was a yeah. mass it was a massive when I was at uni um yeah, Kate Nash was huge. Yeah, she had like a yeah. As a British artist, she was massive. So she plays Boudicca in this film, and actually, I think she plays it quite well. It's a bit tongue and cheek, isn't it? It's a bit cheesy. Like she's she's Boudicca, mm. Queen of the Iceni's, mm. and um, oh, so I so she doesn't play it well. Go on, continue. Well, I okay, so. I have no issue specifically with Kate Nash's Boudicca or Bodicea, if you're that way inclined. Um, I know if my mum's listening to this, she'll be like, Christopher, it's Bodicea. I'm like, it's not, it's Boudicca, but whatever. I think it is actually Boudicca. Like, I think I've heard, like, it... I would always say Boudicca. Yeah. 
It sounds it sounds more Iceni if you say Boudica. Iceni, C C C C C N E. Yeah. Um, I don't like the musical element to this film. It's not I, as good, is it, as the TV series? The songs are I weak. I really, really dislike musicals in general. I agree, like, yeah. Strongly against the idea of mm-hmm. a musical. And I'm very sorry if this is news to anybody listening. In, oh, I was going to go and watch Cats with Chris. Nope, not for me. That film looks horrendous, so, by the way. Awful. I will, oh yeah, I won't be. We will not be reviewing that. Just we like, will uh, not. Just like Robin Hood. No. Um, but yeah, I just, <laughs> I just don't really like the musical element of this film. Unfortunately, because Kate Nash is the biggest musical talent in this film, I'm going to, all of my dislike towards it goes to Kate Nash. Um, like, I think she's good. I think she plays a, she, she's a fairly decent actress. Uh, in this, she's also pretty good in Glow, which if anybody has not seen Glow, it's about female wrestling. It's pretty good. Um, she's really good in that. So I know she can act, and she definitely does in this. I just don't like musicals, mm. and it really put me off this film. And I actually skipped through a couple of the musical numbers in it. I feel quite bad saying that, but I just forward fast forwarded them. No, well that's interesting. So do you feel the same about the TV program when they do the songs mm. on that? I don't like them. But they're less fringy. Like this film, like you said, they're done very badly. It's very cheesy. It's very... Oh, God, I'm, my skin's crawling thinking about them, to be honest. They're poor songs. They are mm. poor songs. They're not... Like, even if you're not a musical fan, a lot of the um, the TV series stuff is bearable because there's, a, there's, there's an element of... Actually, it's quite well-written. Like, I think and there's humor. a... Humour. Yeah, so there's a song in the Horrible Histories uh, TV show where they list like all the kings and queens of of Britain, and it's it's honestly funny as anything. They're like Henry, Henry, John, hey, like all this kind of stuff. Um, but for me, I'm not a well, massive musical people... fan. Like, but yeah. that's it. It kind of has a point to it. Whereas Boudicca, yeah. they sort of go around just singing Boudicca, like yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not a big fan of it, but yeah, I, I like the fact that Kate Nash is in it. I think she does a she does a good job. Um, they gloss over a fair a lot, fair bit with with Boudicca and like they gloss over the bits that you probably don't need in a kids' film. To be fair, about yeah, I won't go into the details of of Boudicca's terrible story, but um, but yeah, yeah, and they they not, sort of not they, bad add that little love story in there, don't they? It's not like a love story. It's like a companionship between the two sort of teenagers. So the, yeah. um, the, the lady from, so, so Nick Frost's tribe, which is not the Iceni tribe because, um, there were many different tribes in Celtic Britain, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And they used to fight amongst themselves, which is probably why Boudicca had her downfall in the long run because they couldn't sort of get it together. Although, yeah, Watling Street and all that stuff later on. Um, again, a period of time I don't know huge amounts about. I just know that we had this warrior queen that sort of destroyed Colchester and destroyed London um, and was on a bit of a roll. And then all mm. of a sudden it sort of turned not in her favour. That's kind of my knowledge on it. 
<laughs> so yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't know too much more. Um, which, but I think overall, this film does a pretty good job of actually getting some real history in there, and I like how they deliver it in a very slapstick way. Like rather than saying high five, I know there's a scene where Nero gets a high V, which obviously Roman numerals V is five. I I think it's really funny that they do things like that. Um, yeah, little they, nods they throw, that you wouldn't necessarily yeah, know about. They throw history in there, like when there's quite a few scenes in a toilet and there's a communal sponge, mm. which is one of the grossest parts of Roman history, the communal toilet sponge. Um, but they make reference it and it's done in a funny way. My favourite reference is Nero's constant playing of the uh, lyre or lyre or you know, the, the kind of stringed instrument that he's playing. Yeah. Because um, obviously, famously, um, Nero fiddled, oy oy, as Rome burnt, um, which is a big part of his kind of like <laughs> real-life character arc. Yeah. Um, so I like the fact that he, he can't play the fiddle very well. And it like every scene he's in, he's got this little, you know, gold like harp-looking thing with him. Um, another thing they do really well, which I'm really pleased, like proud of them for doing, is having Rome really colourful. Because one thing that we're kind of over it now, but for most of history, we believed that Rome and ancient Greece and places of antiquity were whitewashed and the marble was clean with no, no spice to it. But the only reason we thought that is because obviously when we were finding these statues... It had worn away. Yeah. It had worn away. Um and that's why like neoclassical sculpture is brilliant white marble because it's a copy of a found Roman copy, which is of Greek or Egyptian origin. But in this show, in this film, sorry, they do a good job of having colour all over the place. And I like it. I think they've done a good job with it. Yeah, definitely. Um, again, I'm fast forwarding a bit to, to my area where I feel a bit more comfortable in. <laughs> um, so the, the, the Tudor dynasty... Um, or dynasty, as we spoke about before, dynasty, dynasty, mm. who knows? Um, their decor would have been like ridiculously garish and bright, but just because mm. we find the tapestries and they've obviously been sun damaged and stuff, like everything would have been really over the top. And it's like they found pigments of, of like how they could dye things certain colours. So they were like, hey, let's forget this colour scheme. Let's have it all in here. I mean, it was a bit over the top, but yeah, like the ancient world, we didn't see it like that for a long time. But now we're sort of, as we go along and we're sort of, we can see like layers of paint that potentially used to be there and uh like fabric which would have been a brighter color we actually get a true sense of like the 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 color that would have been in Mm. i mean because we look at our world it's quite colorful isn't it i know a lot of people have their walls white but there's still we still have a lot of bright things um i mean i'm i'm all up for color i love it Mm. yeah i mean i say that like i don't just wear black navy or gray but yeah, is I don't that, mind a spot of colour every now and again. Is that all you wear? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> is it? Yeah. So I'm still a massive emo at heart, so Emo to the I've end. Got to, I've got to dress sad. Oh, don't be sad. Just so people know it. Just so people know that I listen to Michael Michael Romance at twenty seven. 
Well, I had tickets to go and see them, but obviously I couldn't go, could I? So hopefully, Ugh. I'll be going again this year. Hopefully. hopefully. Yes, we shall see. But anyway, I digress. So the film is very... Uh, it's okay. Like, it's nothing to write home about. Again, I was quite loyal to the cast of the mm. the, the TV show. Um. I mean, there's no massive spoiler alerts because everyone kind of knows what happened. Boudicca doesn't end up winning. Um, Rome kind of take over. Um, and then that's kind of the end of Boudicca. But... Mm. Do, you know, do you know what it reminded me of very quickly? Mm. It reminded me of a school play. Like a really bad one. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I at school, I remember playing a gladiator in a school play. It's what school did you memories. go to? Uh, I went to school in Italy. No, I didn't. I <laughs> went to a really normal school um, near... near. Why Bradford, were you playing a gladiator? Because it was about time travel, Ollie, all right? I can't. I genuinely can't remember. I have absolutely no idea. But well. essentially, the, the prerequisite to get this job, I say job, I was probably nine was I had to shout the loud, the loudest of all the people that were auditioning, and I'm saying that in inverted commas, uh, for the role of gladiator. And I was the smallest little child that went for this. Obviously, they were a year, but I'm like Stuart Little compared to most people. Um, <laughs> but I just remember screaming at the top. I just watched Troy, I think, for the first time, or, or Gladiator. Um and I think I think it's in in Troy. I was really channeling um, Achilles when he's like, "Is there no one else?" I remember shouting that in my audition. Really, I'm like, "Is there no one else?" And the teacher was like, "Shit, we've got to give it to the little one." And yeah, I, I played a gladiator. Um, it just reminds me of of my experience in in my school play as a gladiator. I want to know what play you were doing if you were a gladiator. I can't remember what it was about. All Is this like the his the history of Sheffield or Yorkshire or No, it was so my scene, my There were there were gladiators scene. at school the end. So basically I'll I'll walk you through my scene. God, this is about twenty years ago. I can't even think I can remember it that far. No, I want so my, to know. My whole my job as a gladiator, obviously. Um the Emperor at the time, played by my friend Liam. Um, who was fed grapes by shout, a... Shout out to Liam. Shout out Liam. Hello, mate. Hope you're doing well. We haven't spoken in about 15 years. Um, I don't even know how I remember how he did that. But yeah, so he was he was being fed grapes in this white toga on stage as I would then come on and shout, who is brave enough to fight me? Most people obviously would be. Um, in literally just a pair of shorts with a helmet and a sword. I was living my best life. Really, truly was living my best life. Um, and then I would be bested by a girl, which is ironic because this film is built on that premise. Um, but I cannot for the life of anything else happens in this film. Anything, absolutely anything. I, I was in one scene of a, let's say, probably a 40-minute production. No idea what happened. I remember. It was all, obviously, it was all a blur. My, my theatrical career was probably just all... All just drugs and grapes and stuff. So you peaked I too early. I, I peaked as a nine-year-old gladiator channeling Brad Pitt in Troy. I had to play a hot cross bun in a um, Easter play. <laughs> uh, I was a Chris Dingle once. 
I don't know what that is. What is that? Um, oh, so I don't know what denomination of Christianity is. I think it's Church of England because I went to a Church of England school. But it's like a little orange that you have at Easter where you stick a candle in it and you like wrap a piece of like, um, like, um, like ribbon around it and you just sing like a Christingle song. I don't know. It's very, very Eastery. But I had to be essentially a, a with a candle sticking out of my head. Obviously, it wasn't a real candle. Um, but yeah, so yeah, hot cross bun, Chris Dingle, Gladiator. Yeah. We've it's, lived. It's a rough growing up by the sound of it. Colourful <laughs> lives. Many, many a life. We have, and here we are, um, talking about horrible histories. It's it's not got rave reviews I would like no. to share with you. I'm not going to read them out, but it's, it's under five out of ten in mm. a lot of them, which is fair, I would say. It's yeah. not... It's not the best. And now that you've said it is a bit like a, a really amateur play. Um, uh, what is that Christmas film? There's the Nativity. That the Nativity, irri- yeah. Oh, that irritates me as well. It's a bit like just a terrible British mm. play. That you get the Amdram think- students that are still mm. sort of... They were probably, yeah, they were probably really good when they were like a teenager, but they're now like 65 and they're still hanging on to that dream. Um, not that there's anything you... wrong with amateur dramatics at all. I was part yeah. of it for a while. Um, I was never yeah. very good. I was normally um, sort of smoking with them and uh, directing people. But um, yeah, uh, but yeah, um... it's not it's not great. I think if you watch it as a series of sketches, the actual sketches themselves are really funny. Some of them are really, really funny, especially the ones with Nero. Uh, Craig Roberts does a fantastic job, and he's the, the, the rare shining light in this film. Everyone else is pretty forgettable. Um, but I think he, he plays the... Obviously, we don't really know what Nero is like, but he doesn't play an accurate Nero as such, but he just plays the Roman emperor really funny. And it works. And yeah, if you take a bit dim witted, yeah, he's you know he's in his mother's shadow, which is true. Um, Agrippina, which I hope I haven't butchered her name, um, was did kill her husband, and you know she he did have her killed and everything like that. And like I said, horrible histories have never done a bad job with actual history. They always deliver it really well, and it's really well for kids. I think for me, this film, if I look at it with the head on the I'm watching a film it's a bad film mm. it's a bad film but if I'm watching it as a kid or let's say as a as a teacher showing young kids history or you know a nod to my childhood I loved it cuz it's just as much as it's not the original cast and as much as it's just not very there was just enough horrible histories in it for me where I was like yeah, this is why I'm into history. And hopefully some little kid's going to watch it and go, I like history because this is funny. I was going to say, if it does that job, then I am all for it. But as a almost 34-year-old man watching a child's television... Um, yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's a bit rubbish. It's terrible. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, last last time we were reviewing uh 1917 where people were getting their faces blown off and now we're watching a 
child's film. So the yeah, I mean that that's diverse, I guess, if nothing else. Um, I guess it's time to rate it. Mm. So I'm going to let you go first, and then I'm going to make my judgment after. <laughs> See, I I struggle because, like I said, if I'm watching it as me, I'm giving it like three out of ten. But if I'm overall, let's be objective here. Let's. I'm going to give it six out of ten, because. Bold. I think, I think it's gonna, I think it's gonna. There's a way to get kids into history, and as an aspiring teacher that loves to teach people about stuff, I can only see good things coming out of this film. Yeah. Fair. You? Absolutely fair. Yeah. Um, I'm going to do it on the judgment that I'm not a teacher and I'm a 34, <laughs> almost, year old man. Uh, I am... Oh, I'm going to go for three out of ten. I mean, I fully understand why you've said that. And if you were asking me this on the street, like, oh, Chris, what do you think about horrible histories? I'd be like, ah, oh, it's rubbish, mate. Three out of ten. When you're dressed as a gladiator and I'm dressed as a hot cross bun. Oh my God, when we first meet in person, can we do that? If you're not dressed as a hot cross bun, I'll be disappointed. Mm. I'm (laughs) going to drive to... Blind date. I'm going to drive to Sheffield in a hot hot cross bun outfit. I just arrive in some some pub in Sheffield and we're like, hi, I'm looking for a... Looking for a small boy dressed like a gladiator? Oh, oh, Chris, yeah, he's over there in the uh, in the history corner. Dot org. <laughs> that is probably the worst plug of my website I've ever done, but the one I'm the most proud of. I uh, well, yeah. Now I'm proud. I'm very proud. Thank you. Um, Thank you. I'm just gonna have a sip of my Jack Daniels there. This is descending into madness. I love it. Mm. This is this is the direction it's going in. I'm afraid, as we've got more comfortable. It's, um... Yeah. Oh, absolutely. At first, it was like Edward the Third, who was born in 1312, uh, and now it's like, what about that website? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm. I must uh, admit that I really enjoy the way that you say bastard. Bastard. Thank you. Oh, I love it. Honestly, it's I can like... listen. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Bastard. I'm definitely going to have to put an explicit... Um, well, uh, bastard is just a word, isn't where it? Where it is. We're, but... we're, we're referring to sons and daughters born out of wedlock. Like Jon Snow, the bastard. Is that still a thing? Can you still be called a bastard? Uh, I mean, technically you are one, but I don't know if anybody calls you anymore. I think it'd be quite... It'd be quite rude, wouldn't it? Other. It's, it's fairly common for, for people not to be married these days, isn't it? There's not too hmm. much of a... No one's bothered, quite rightly, if you're married or not. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think technically it's still the word for it, but I don't know. No, Sorry I enjoy if it. I offended any children born out of wedlock. I enjoy it. I um... I believe you can inherit land. Yes, I am. I am not a bastard child, which is wonderful for me. Which I won't inherit anything. <laughs> I'll inherit nothing. Absolutely oh, same. Nothing. Um, I'm definitely the Matilda of, of my family. For those that haven't listened to our previous episode, The Anarchy, um, you should, because then you'll get that reference. Please, please do. And hopefully it won't get taken down, because I've been very much in trouble with social media and um, 
and iTunes recently. So yeah, naughty, <laughs> naughty me. Um, so we're gonna wrap it up. We are gonna. Well, I'm gonna give you the opportunity to plug your work again. So please, plug away. Awesome. Yeah. Um, as usual, uh, I am Chris, and you can find me at Chris Riley underscore on Instagram, where I post all about my history stuff um, and my life a little bit. Um, you get to see when we can, me eventually go on holiday with my lovely girlfriend, Louisa, because um, that's pretty much the only thing we want to do these days. Um, if you want just history and you don't want to see where I go on holiday, um, I definitely recommend you checking out, A, the historycorner.org website, um, or if you're not into old school websites, just check out the History Corner blog uh, on Instagram, um, where we post all of the articles uh, the article links um, and things like that on there. Um, I've also written for um, other kind of publications as well. Um, InFocusHistory.co.uk is a fabulous website. Um, they have a 13-part series on the Crusades that I've just finished, um, which I know I'm biased, but I would definitely say it's worth checking out. Um, I've also written for the Historians magazine, which I know is definitely coming back in the next few weeks um so definitely check that out uh, and also a little insight um which is a little insight blog and a little insight on instagram uh, i've recently written about matilda so if you have or haven't listened to our previous episode on the anarchy uh, and you want some bedtime reading um that is there for you as well i think you've covered it all that was good that was a big plug wasn't it that was that was that was good going um thanks I I've got a plug of my own. Um go for it. So the plug of my own is I now have a dedicated Twitter page to the History Emporium and Powers podcast. Now you can follow us at history uh E A P P. I think that's right. History Emporium and Powers Emporium podcast. Emporium and Powers podcast. Yes. yes. So it's at history E A P P. I tried out many combinations but they've all been taken so that i had to settle on that one um so i'm trying to grow the uh the podcast and i've kind of been a bit on the attack with social media and uh, all that kind of stuff i've been really really intensely on it um trying to grow and trying to get the podcast out there to as many people as possible because um i mean i was interviewed by uh, a chap called elliot the other day who's from a different podcast who i'm going to put his promo on uh, one of these episodes great great chap australian guy um and he was interviewing me for his podcast and he he kind of just said to me like why why did you start this like why why is it a thing and what's kind of unique mm. about what you do because there's there's like a million history podcasts and in all honesty, I, I'm i not an academic person, self-taught everything that I do, um, and sometimes I used to feel intimidated by uh, people uh, who were of, I guess, a higher brow or who had a better education than me. Um, and I, as a bit of a socialist, feel like history should be there for everybody and it should be there for everyone mm. to enjoy and just because you don't have a you don't have a degree or you you're, you're not well read or whatever doesn't mean that you can't enjoy history if that's something that you're into so i guess that's kind of one of the reasons why um i 
that the podcast is doing quite well because actually I'm just a normal person. If you want to speak to me about anything, then please, please do. Like I'm not, um, I want it to be accessible for everyone and I don't want it to be discriminated. Like I don't want to discriminate against anyone um, because of not being as educated as other people. It means nothing. Mm. If you've got an interest in it, then just go for it. So yeah, I I kind of want to, want to spread the love so if you want to spread the love too then please share what we do uh if you want to get involved as well um either drop chris or i a message or any of the guests that i have on um and everyone's been so nice it's it's a really lovely little community so yeah. um that's Couldn't just agree more. yeah that's just my little plug for nice. why we do what we do and yeah. Yeah, and we have some fun along the way, and it does take up a lot of time. I won't, <laughs> I won't, um, I won't pretend that it doesn't. But um, I just, I, I hope if it, if it even gets one person into history or sort of uh, pushes them into maybe believing that they don't need this, that, and the other to enjoy things, then that's that's good enough for me. So. No, I 100% agree, and I, I really could not agree more with what you've said. Um, one of my goals for the History Corner website is to get as many different stories from as many different people. We have people writing from all over the world, um, whether it's in Turkey or Belgium, Mexico, the States, you know, the UK, wherever it is. I want as many stories from as many different kind of people, because history is personal, and it means a lot to me, as I'm sure it does to Ollie and a mm. lot of people listening to this. It's where we came from, it's who we are, and it's where we're going to go. And I'd love for people to get involved and, you know, share what they care about and what they, they're passionate about. And let's, you know, see if we can each get one more person involved in it. Yeah. You know, and by the end of it, everyone will be. Yeah, absolutely. And if, if people want to... Um they want to promote themselves on my site or my Twitter or whatever, then that's fine. Like people have been so kind to me. Like I would, I'd want to do the same to other people. So yeah, this, 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 this isn't about me at all. This is about, um, everyone who has an interest in the subject. So, Mm. um, I just happen to be the, um, the voice of it voice. at the moment, I guess. Yeah, yeah. The uh, I'm not sure we'll have any viewers after my drunken um, podcast recording techniques, but um, I think we held it together quite well. Yeah, I mean, speak for yourself. I was, I was a half-naked gladiator 10 minutes ago, so... I will never get that vision out of my head now. Is that, no, <laughs> is that how you met Louise? <laughs> No, surprisingly, we we both used to work at McDonald's, so she saw me in a McDonald's uniform before anything else. Was she loving it? And for some reason, she was loving it. Apparently, see what I did there. You, you, I did, and you you won't believe this, but you are the first person to. You're not the first person to say that. I think I've probably said that to her, um, which she probably hates, Um, but she. She deals with a lot with me, especially with history, because it's not for her. It's not her interest. I'm like, quick, Louisa, Louisa, look at this. And she's like, yeah, I'm not fussed, mate. But, um, but yeah, she's mm. and, and if you're listening, Louisa, if you are listening, that would be amazing because I think you listen to this. But hello and thank you for putting up with my voice on a podcast as well as real life. 
And uh, and COVID toe. And COVID toe. And when I actually had COVID and you had to look after me for two weeks. Thank you. I used to drag my ex around. Uh, wait, no wonder we're not together anymore. But I used to drag him around... <laughs> um, like castles and I don't know there'd be like a little uh uh like pillbox like a war pillbox and I'd be like right come on let's go let's forage in the bushes he'd be like for fuck's sake Ollie like what are you <laughs> like I didn't sign up for this did not sign up for this um I was like you when, did um, <laughs> this is it but, me and Louisa went to Rome a few years ago I think it's 2017 now I've it's always been like a pilgrimage place for me I've always wanted to go to Rome um and louisa we both really enjoyed it um but one of the the day that we went to see the coliseum no 42 degrees um and louisa's from guatemala so she is used to the heat she is Mm. um she's well built for the heat unlike me and yet we were walking around the coliseum it's like four degrees it's midday we're doing this amazing tour i'm like on the verge of tears i'm enjoying it that much and she's like chris it's really hot i really need to go home like i really need a drink and i'm like no I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm putting my foot down. And we we were walking around. We were on Palatine Hill looking into the forum. And she's like, I'm going to pass out. And I'm like, please don't do this to me. And then she she, she suffered really bad with heat stroke. Um, and I forever feel bad about dragging Louise around the Coliseum while she was dying of heat stroke. Um, she says she's fine, but she definitely holds it against me. Um, so I know firsthand what it's like to drag another half, your other half around historical sites when they might not be too into it. When I was at the Coliseum, but... it was chucking it down with rain. Absolutely. Like the whole time I was in Italy, it was oh, really? wet. I mean, it was summer. It wasn't like... Um, yeah. So you're expecting the, the heat. Although, to be honest, I don't do very well in the heat. So actually, it was quite welcomed. Um, and you mm. get kind of a different vibe of a city when it's a bit yeah. moody. Um, yeah, but I loved Rome. Like, you'd turn around the corner and they'd be like, oh, hey, there's a there's a column that's 2,000 yeah. years old. Just it's there crazy, yeah. in the middle of the street. Um, yeah, the forum is amazing. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. Um, and I was uh, I was there with Italians as well, which was amazing. Oh wow, cool! Yeah, so my friend uh, Francesco and um, his friend were there. His friend didn't actually speak any English, and I don't speak any Italian. So he was like jumping from English to Italian um, between us, um, and it was great. It was so good. I felt Italian. Mm. Um, and then awesome. we re- we we found out that his middle name was um, so my friend Frances- Francesco. His middle name was actually Luigi. So that was it. That was the best name ever. So we were like, Luigi, Luigi, what's this? What's this? <laughs> and he was just like, can you please just both I'm sure stop he, it? I'm sure he's never heard that before as he's taken his, his green overalls off. Um, I'm sure he's never, ever been compared to Luigi before. Oh, well, we, yeah, we only <laughs> found it out because we saw it on his passport. He didn't tell us. <laughs> we, uh, yeah, oh, brilliant. Brilliant, but yeah, that was a that was a great holiday. But we have digressed so hard from horrible histories. We have. Well, not really, because we're talking about I Rome. I mean, it's about Rome. Yeah, it's about Rome. So, uh, if anyone's still listening by this point, I thank you so much for your yeah commitment. I have had two hundred downloads in the last two days, which is incredible, like worldwide. That's, that's such an achievement. Um and. Yeah, especially after my um, 
to do with the the internet. I'm I'm not going to let this drop. You know that it's like Ollie versus the internet. I um, I can tell now. So hey ho, there we are. But what are we going to review next time? That is the question. So I'm going to ask mm. Chris to put another post up, and I am actually going to listen this time to what people say okay. i promise um if you can find it on netflix <laughs> or prime that would be a lot easier because it's easier to access for us um mm. but yes please uh let chris know and then let me know and then we will review something possibly that we've both not seen but, would be great mm. but not russell crowe's robin hood or braveheart those two films i will not watch no because they are so bad they do not deserve my... And Braveheart breath. wasn't even Scottish. William Wallace. No. Welsh. William Wallace. Because his name, Wallace, is derivative from Wales. Mm, yeah. Um, so... Well, that's an episode in itself. There we go. We should do that one day. I definitely want to get more into the Scots um, history, or Caledonia, as it used to be called. Um, yes. Definitely want to get definitely. into there. So... Yes. Cool. Goodbye. See you later.